This is your host, Mary Swafield, and welcome to the Wedpreneur Podcast. Join me and my guests each week as I take a deep dive into wedding business best practices, examine challenges facing our industry, and interview wedding industry experts and thought leaders who will share their strategies for taking your wedding business to the next level. Whether you're new in the industry or a seasoned pro, each episode is filled with valuable information aimed to help you build and grow the wedding business that you are dreaming about. I'm ready if you are, so let's get started. Hey, Wedpreneurs, welcome to this episode of Smart Business for Wedding Pros. I am your host, Mary Swafield, and I want to welcome you to the show. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening, and be sure to check out all of our previous episodes. If you are a regular listener, hand to heart, I am so grateful to be on this wedding business journey with you. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we are talking inclusivity in the wedding industry, particularly in your wedding marketing. My guest today is Brittany Dry. She is the founder and editor-in-chief of Love, Inc., the leading equality-minded wedding blog and digital publication. Her inclusive efforts have been celebrated by the New York Times, The Advocate, Out Magazine, Refinery29, New York Daily News, Cosmopolitan, and more. She is a founding member of the Isle Society, as well as serves on the 2018-19 North American Advisory Board for the International Academy of Wedding and Events. I am so excited to have Brittany on the show with me today. You know what? Love is love, and I am just so thrilled that she's here to share how you can use inclusivity in your wedding marketing. This is something I think we all need to sit down and take a look at in our own businesses. And as you'll hear on the show, I talk about how I probably have to do this too. So I am committed to going through all of our wedding marketing for my own wedding planning company and making sure that we are using more inclusive terms. So my challenge to you as you listen to this episode is to think about all of the ways that you can adjust your key messaging and the words that you use in your marketing and the way you're presenting your brand to be more all-inclusive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Brittany, welcome to the Smart Business for Wedding Pros podcast. Thank you so much, Mary. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the show because I'm personally really excited about our topic today. But before we dive into that, can you share your story with our audience? Sure. Um, So I am the founder and editor-in-chief of Love, Inc., which is an equality-minded wedding blog and digital publication. Um, We launched in 2013, which is crazy to think about. It's already going on five years. Um, But my background is is always been in editorial. I went to school for journalism and interior design, actually. So I've always kind of been in that lifestyle editorial space. Uh, started in print magazines before, um, you know, the online boom happened. And then when blogs started becoming a thing, I kind of switched over to digital media and have been there ever since. Um, I've been in the wedding scene for um, going on seven years now. And before I started Love, Inc., I just kind of realized that there was a void in the market for truly inclusive weddings um, and wedding inspiration. There was you know, great resources out there that were targeting um, LGBTQ couples and, you know, everything else kind of just was targeting a a bride and groom. So I really saw this void and wanted to create a resource that was completely inclusive with the content featuring inspirations and ideas and etiquette for straight, gay, lesbian weddings, you know, where everyone can kind of find themselves in the photos and contents that we produced. 
That's amazing. And that is so relevant today too, because I find that there's definitely a transition happening in terms of the way that wedding pros market themselves, right? So that is exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to take a deep dive into inclusive wedding marketing. So can you start by telling us what you mean by inclusive wedding marketing? So yeah, loving, you know, our our mission is to create, you know, it's changing the industry and, and making it inclusive in the sense that um, your language and who you market to, it can be a bride marrying a bride or a groom marrying a groom or a bride marrying a groom. And, you know, if you really want to get down into it, I, I, you know, would love to see the industry as a whole be completely inclusive to all you know, races and cultures and orientations and identities. Um, but kind of where I specialize in is the identity and orientation niche of that. And it's really, you know, about how you market yourself. So the language that you use um, in your marketing and, and website and social and, and you know, how you talk to couples and um, your eagerness to work with, with couples of, of all types. I think from my own experience, like I've definitely noticed a shift in the last five years and I've been in the industry for a decade now. And this wasn't a conversation we were having 10 years ago. Um, In a lot of cases, it's about retraining yourself. And I find that I have to do that for myself as well. Even though I'm really aware of being all inclusive, often I find myself reverting to, you know, outdated terminology, I guess you would say. So like I said, in a lot of cases, it's about retraining yourself. What are some common non-inclusive terms or phrases that you see wedding professionals using still? It is. And, you know, I feel I hear this from the most, you know, LGBT friendly wedding pros. So you're certainly not alone in that. Um, We certainly do, you know, have to retrain the way that we communicate because it's been, you know, the wedding industry has been heteronormative for so long. It's, It's ingrained into our minds that, you know, we're talking about a bride marrying a groom. And so, you know, terminology like a venue having a bridal suite, you know, even things like that, or, or you know, instead of using the term wedding party, it's bridal party. Um, You know, you can make the term bachelor party and bachelorette, just shorten it and be gender neutral with batch party. Um, There's several, you know, terms that you don't realize until you realize it almost. And once you realize it, it's kind of, you know, you see it, all the time and and you're very aware of it, but it's that initial retraining of the way you think and of the way you talk when it comes to the wedding industry that um, is so important and it makes such a difference. In many ways, I feel like this has had a huge impact in the key marketing phrases we use as well. I know that, you know, one of my very first websites that I ever had back in 2000 and oh my goodness, 2008, talked about, you know, the the bride kicking up and putting her high heels on and having a glass of champagne and relaxing and calling us. Whereas now I wouldn't feel as comfortable using that language. Do you find that the wedding media, like the blogs and the magazines, are they open to these changes? Or do you find that there's still some resistance? No, they're definitely open. And I've had several in-depth conversations with so many amazing um, editors and wedding pros who have, you know, reached out to me to say, you know, how can I be more inclusive with the way that I write? And I've been so ecstatic to see them making the changes that either I've suggested or that they've kind of come up, you know, come upon by themselves. And, um, you know, it's, we're seeing the industry shift and it's, it's awesome to witness and to be a part of it. That's amazing. I think it's great what you're doing. I really do. Such a champion, you know, for inclusivity. I think that's amazing. (laughs) So what are some steps that webpreneurs can take today to begin making that shift to inclusivity? Where should they start? 
Yeah. So really just take a deep dive into your client documentation and your website copy and your social media. Look and see, you know, is your client signing on a line that says bride? Is your website you know, calling to brides for a call to action? Is your social media filled with um, straight couple imagery? You know, really take a look at your presence and see if it's inclusive. And even if you don't have, you know, LGBTQ content to share, you can still, like, for instance, on on Instagram, you can break up that heteronormative imagery with detail shots of the groom or, you know, decor photos where it's not so, you know, straight couple after straight couple, um, as long as it, you know, it makes sense with your branding. And that really can make a big difference when it comes to a same sex couple coming to look at your brand as a potential vendor to work with. Okay, that's awesome. So I have a question because back back in the day, um, we used to be encouraged to put basically a little icon on our website to uh, indicate that we were an inclusive company. Is there still such a thing or is it mostly geared towards the language that you use? I think first and foremost is the language that you use. Um, you can certainly, there's some fantastic uh, workshops out there that you know, can help you and your, you know, your team train you to, to be more inclusive. I actually offer consulting services on that. And I do offer badges to everyone who, who I work with. Um, but even just sharing badges, if you've been published on, um, an LGBT friendly blog, such as Love Inc, or there's some fantastic LGBTQ focused ones that those are always good badges to share that show you've done, you know, same sex weddings before, or if you've again, gone through a workshop. Um, but I think the first and foremost is the most important thing is, is the language that you use because that's what, you know, the couples are reading first and foremost. And that's really, you know, that's your opportunity to share who you are. Okay. That's great. So do you find that in this current somewhat tumultuous climate, um, do you find that there's any resistance from um, certain groups or organizations that are pushing back against this? Like, I don't want to get super political, but <laughs> I'm curious because I find that even, you know, I'm in Canada, so things are a little different here. But even here in Canada, there's been a weird shift where there's a push away from inclusivity in many ways. Yeah. And it's hard to talk about this topic without dipping a toe into politics. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can dip a toe, just not your whole foot. <laughs> but it's definitely, you know, I think we're in a, a very uh, weird time for social and, and political stances. And I think it's more important now than ever to, you know, be vocal about where you stand. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, same sex couples are getting turned away just because of who they love. You know, I've, I've heard horror stories where, you know, a couple reaches out to a photographer and, you know, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm a woman and I'm marrying a woman. Is that okay for you? And they get turned away because of who they are. I mean, there's, there's a Supreme, you know, a, a court case, you know, potentially going to the Supreme Court um, over a wedding cake right now, currently. And it's, um, it's heartbreaking that these couples you know, wedding planning is, is supposed to be stressful, but it's not supposed to be heartbreaking. And um, that's kind of where it's it's so important to not only be open to working with same-sex couples, but be vocal about your stance as well. 
And I think too, in the wedding industry, we have such a unique opportunity to be the spokespeople. Do you know what I mean? Like we have the opportunity to lead the way and really show the way in terms of being inclusive. And I, I, I witnessed so many amazing steps that are being taken in that direction. And of course there are like that Supreme court case I was listening to about it, uh, in the news recently. And you know, it is so heartbreaking, but I also find it very heartwarming that there is, I think a much bigger push towards inclusivity these days. And I love that you're helping sort of lead the way down that path. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as wedding professionals, we are the essence of of love. You know, we are we are the ones creating this magical day to celebrate their love. So, I mean, who better to to share that with the world than the wedding professionals who help bring their dreams to life? And, you know, being a part of that story, you know, sharing the love stories and sharing the amazing photos that are submitted to us is just I mean, that's what I do what I do because, you know, at the end of the day, like love is love. It's, it's cliche tagline that's, you know, used over and over again, but it's true. And, um, you know, when we're the magicians creating the magic that is surrounding their love, it's, it's something special. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just honored to kind of be a part of that process. So give us an idea of what you do as a, you know, an editorial, Uh, editor-in-chief and a blogger, what does your day-to-day look like in terms of submissions? How does someone go about getting published on your blog? So, um, yeah, I have, I have an amazing team who I work, you know, very closely with, but essentially, you know, photographers, planners, even we get submissions from couples, uh, they can go to our site, um, we have a submissions link and they can send real weddings, engagement shoots, proposals, style shoots. Um, we really run the gamut in what we feature and our team kind of goes through and, and picks not only just really beautifully photographed and, and great detail shots, but also ones that showcase emotion. Um, we're really big on uh, sharing the love story of the couple. That's great. So, uh, Having those emotional shots are really important to us, which I think um, is a little different than your traditional wedding blog, Uh, whereas, you know, decor and and details are, of course, they play a role. But um, for us, it's it's all about those emotions, those, you know, tears swept away on the cheek and the, you know, hug before walking down the aisle. Uh, I really, you know, that's what I live for. And luckily, my readers do, too. They love reading the love stories. And I think, you know, as going back to what you said, you know, being wedding pros and and we're kind of in a great place to showcase, you know, and and be inclusive and put that out to the world. You know, that's that's what we're doing. You know, out to the world. yeah, Yeah. You know what? I really love that because I feel like in the last few years, I've noticed a shift in the wedding market in general, where less and less focus is being placed on, you know, the little tiny details, and more and more focus is being put on the authenticity of the moment and really living in the moment and enjoying the experience of a wedding. So I love that your blog focuses on that, because I'll be honest, you know, I've been in the industry 
industry for 10 years, I've seen so many different blogs come and go and many that come and stay, which is wonderful. But often it's all about the same feature, right? It's all about the same thing. They're looking for those stunning photos and uh, stunning decor, all of which is, of course, important. I'm a designer. It's very important. (laughs) But I, too, find myself more drawn to those perfect moments that are captured and they're natural and they're full of emotion especially in this day and age, like maybe I'm just a big sucker. And the political landscape has really altered, you know, the way I view things in the last year or so. But I just love that you're focusing on love. I mean, that is also cliched, but I love it. Thank you. Yeah, I think we, you know, couples have, there's so many amazing resources out there, so many amazing blogs and, and websites and publications. And we all kind of have our own little niche in this wedding world. And, you know, some focus on details and couples know that they can go to this site to find really amazing bouquets, for instance, or, you know, come to Love Inc. and and they come across really amazing love stories and, um, you know, others focus on fashion. We all kind of have our our little niche and and things that we love and focus on. So um, just having so many options, like, I mean, imagine, I couldn't imagine planning a wedding 10 years ago (laughs) because I would be lost. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there now and it's what what an amazing time to plan a wedding. (laughs) It really is. And I mean, I, I think that probably couples are a little overwhelmed, but it's really so much easier now than it was when I got married. Oh my goodness. Back in the year 2000. Um, certainly I was literally cutting inspiration pictures out of magazines like that's that's how far we've come people (laughs) yeah no it's it's definitely completely different now and um it's exciting and as an editor you know I'm constantly having to adapt and and you know content is consumed differently these days even than even before you know Instagram and and all that it's it's entirely different ball game and you just kind of have to adapt and and create content that's consumed no matter what the platform is, whether it's the blog or Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What is the hardest part of your job? Um, I think the hardest part is honestly saying no to submissions. We get a ton and unfortunately cannot say yes to all of them. Um, so really, it, I hate that part. <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying no because at, you know, I don't care how many details a wedding has. It's it's a wedding, and that is someone's most amazing special day of their lives. And to say that, you know, to have to deny it is is heartbreaking. I hate it. Um, <laughs> but you know, we can only publish so much. We we only have so much time in the day. So that's that's by far the hardest part. I I would I, yeah I can imagine doing it. I don't know. I am such a softy. I would be like oh okay, well, maybe. Oh, I'm terrible. I would not be able to say no to people. It's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay, let's dive a little bit deeper into what people can do to be inclusive. So do you have any advice to someone who really is really unsure? I know you mentioned that you do some consulting on it. Can you talk a little bit about that? I do. So when I consult with um, a wedding pro, I really do a deep dive into all of their documentation, 
all of their, you know, website pages and copy and their social presence and just really take a look at what they're currently doing and how we can adapt it to be more inclusive, whether it's, you know, changing their documents to say the couple or soonlyweds or the client, you know, whatever makes sense for their branding, but making sure that we're using those gender neutral terms. And then, you know, the imagery that they share on their portfolio and on their Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, I just, you know, hold our hand throughout the whole process and um, really just make sure that, you know, the, what they're showing is equality minded, even, you know, because you can be equality minded. But if, if it doesn't, if it's not obvious on your website and your branding and your social presence, then, you know, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so I just thought of a question while you were while you were talking about that. Have you found that there is maybe um, a slower uptake on this inclusivity from some of our associations? So the reason why I'm thinking about that is I think about some of the titles of our associations throughout the wedding industry. A lot of them use the word bridal still. It is, yeah, and that's you know I I hear a lot with um, with associations and publications. You know, they were named, a lot of them were named before, you know, equality mindedness was, was even a thought, um, or, you know, they want to get that SEO, like bride is still a very strong SEO term. So, mm. um, I get it, but at the same sense, it, it's a swiftly evolving world, you know? So if you're naming your company for the first time, I would highly recommend doing something that is a little bit more inclusive, such as using the term weddings or events <laughs> yeah. instead of something that's that's bride targeted because um you know the groom groom population may be smaller but uh they're out there and you don't want to you know you don't want to ignore that demographic definitely well i guess this is maybe a call to action for our listeners so if you are part of an organization or an association and i'm not going to call out any by name i can't even think of any off the top of my head but i just know that we have some that are still using the word bridal and i know from a personal standpoint how difficult it is to change an org organization's um, name and all of their branding and all of that is not an inexpensive or easy process. But I encourage you if you're out there listening, and you feel strongly about this, you can always write a letter to your local association or whatever it may be. And ask them if they've at least considered it if it's in the process, if it's something they're thinking about. Um, because I think it would be really good. I feel that often change has to come from the top. And so you know, do reach out to your local associations or your national associations, whatever it is, and perhaps make the suggestion. Yeah, no, that I would love to see that. Um, you know, the world, like I said, the, the wedding world is just heteronormative by nature. And, you know, any little bit that we can do as wedding professionals to adjust that is just amazing. And we've already come a long way. And it's um, exciting to see how much further we can go. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like I said, I've noticed distinctly over the last five years, the shift and that's made me extremely happy to see even as sometimes I'm like, Oh, my goodness, I am guilty of this as well. You know, just by second nature without thinking about it. I think sometimes we come across as perhaps not as inclusive as we should be. Um, and that's why I'm really glad to talk to you. And I will tell you that after we get off this call, I'm totally going through all of my website. copy. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> as I think about it, I'm like, you know, we probably never it, like you said, we never 
tried to be exclusive, but it probably was just more natural based on, you know, being in the industry for so long that we did it without thinking. So I am definitely going to go through all of my website copy and all of our written materials and make sure that we're being more inclusive. So thanks. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. I love hearing that. So before we wrap up, Brittany, I have a question. So what has been your proudest moment so far? Oh, goodness. Um, I think my most proud moment was uh, we were only four months in and we got quoted in the New York Times, which will always be an amazing career highlight for me. Um, And then another one was I was very honored to be one of the official judges for the New York City Pride March a couple of years ago. And just being a part of something that was, you know, so deep with LGBTQ history and, um, you know, the movement, you know, the current movement, um, it was just a beyond honor that, like, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. I imagine that that was also a lot of fun. It was, (laughs) yes. It was a very long day, too, but it was amazing just seeing, you know, I I go to the march every year, of course. Um, I'm based in New York City, so um, it's very easy for me to, you know, see the march from from a you know guest standpoint but to to be one of the judges just really taking it in from that perspective was amazing that's incredible can you share your website and social handles with everyone so they know where to find you yes absolutely so we are at loveincmag.com and you can find us across all social platforms at loveincmag That's amazing. Brittany, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show today. It's been very inspiring. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I hope, you know, wedding pros listening are able to take something away from this and, you know, make their marketing more inclusive. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mary. Okay, Wedpreneurs, here's the thing. We are in the business of love, and we have the opportunity to lead the way for change and inclusivity. Brittany is a shining example of how we can be the change that we want to see, so I encourage each of you to make the commitment to work towards inclusivity in your wedding business marketing. Take a moment to check out her blog. I will link to it in the show notes, and as always, I welcome your feedback. You can find me on Instagram at the Wedpreneur Community, and you can join the conversation by heading over to thewedpreneur.com and joining our free group. Be good to one another, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Wedpreneur Podcast. I'm so incredibly grateful to all of my listeners and would like to take a moment to invite you to keep the conversation going. Head on over to my free online community at thewedpreneur.com forward slash join. If you enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word by leaving us an honest review on iTunes. I appreciate each and every one of you and welcome your feedback. Until next time.